What's going on, guys? Welcome into the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony, and today I'm joined by your second favorite podcast host, Nate Molinay from the Taco Corp Fantasy Football Podcast. It's been a long time since we've had you on, and as I mentioned offline, we had to pull a lot of strings to get you back on the show. So how does it feel to be back, and how are you doing? It feels good to be back. I'm doing well, a little tired, but doing really well. You're taking care of some podcast file management. You sent me a screenshot. How many how many gigabytes are you transferring right now? I just got done transferring 412 gig onto an external hard drive. It took it took me about 55 minutes to do the total transfer. So that's crazy. Is that stuff in the cloud? I don't know what that means, but I don't know what that means. I mean, it's on a external hard drive that's like sitting in my hand. So I guess that's the cloud. If I throw it up, maybe it turns into a cloud. I'm pretty sure that's the cloud. We'll have to get DC on here to clarify. But uh, this should be released on or around November 25th. So happy Thanksgiving, Nate. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody in the league. And I need to make a run so I can make the playoffs. So not happy Thanksgiving to the GNTs. Let's say that. I hear that. All right. So before we get into the show, I've got a clip I want you to listen to. All right, let's hop into manager on manager. So Nate, please explain yourself because I do not recall receiving any royalties for the 1200 plays that you got in the last two weeks. Look, man, sometimes, you know, people come up with good ideas and you just run with them and they stop doing them because you run with them so much better than they run with them. It's the same reason why. You know, you keep trying to do Banger of the Week, but then Matt's like, yo, we're not on the same level as Nate with Banger of the Week. So, you know, I got to do what I got to do to make sure that the people get what they want to hear. If they're not hearing it on your podcast, they hear it on mine. If they're not hearing it on mine, they hear it on yours. You know, we're a team. We're we're almost neighbors. All right. That's fine. You're not going to apologize, and I accept that. And, you know, we're going to have something special at the end of the show. So hold on tight for that. But on tap for today, we have our weekly NFL preview. We have a brief home league preview. And then we'll be joined by a few league members to talk about the meaning of life, so some feelings and stuff like that. Let's get it started with the NFL preview. On by this week, we've got the Chiefs and the Cardinals, so we'll kick it off with the Thanksgiving slate of games. First one being Chicago going to Detroit to take on the Lions, where Chicago's favored by three and a half. The over-under is at 41.5. Nate, who do you got? I am, I'm in the camp that the Lions have to win a game this year. If they're going to win a game, it's got to be against Matt Nagy and the Bears. And I think that they didn't fire Matt Nagy so that they can get him to play against the Lions on Thanksgiving, be the guy who loses to the Lions, and then finally kick him out of the game. So give me the Lions. They're a three-point dog. I'll take the points, and then I'll also sprinkle the money line a little bit. It doesn't matter to me if Justin Fields is coming back from the rib injury or if Andy Dalton's starting. I'm going to take Chicago in this matchup. Next up, we have Las Vegas going to Dallas to take on the Cowboys, where Dallas is favored by seven. This over-under is at 51, so it's up there. C.D. Lamb is, he's been practicing, Nate. Who are you taking? I want C.D. Lamb to play for my own personal benefit. I don't know if he really should, but whatever. If he's good to go, he's good to go. I'll take the Cowboys if C.D. Lamb's playing. I'll do one of you and Matt's things with the Kyler Murray aspect. So C.D. Lamb's playing, I'm going to take the Cowboys. If not, I'm taking the Raiders to win straight up. But I'll probably take the Raiders to cover the points as well. Yeah, I like taking the pivots, but I'm taking Dallas even without CD uh, and Amari. CD Lamb, I don't even think he knows what year it is right now, so maybe he shouldn't play, but it looks like he's trending uh, in that direction. Next matchup, Buffalo. They're going to New Orleans to take on the Saints, where the Bills are favored by four. Over-unders at 46.5. Who you got? 
I'm going to take the Bills to get back on track, get a big yep. blowout win here. Give me a double-digit win from the Bills. I work with a guy. His name's Tony Katie. Shout out Tony Katie. But he is a big Bills fan. He's from Upper New York, and he is scared shitless. And he's, you know, he comes in every Monday. He's he's on tilt, but uh, he feels like the Saints are going to be able to beat them. I don't I don't think they stand a chance. Not with Trevor Simeon. He stated that the Bills don't blitz, which is a problem because Trevor Simeon can't handle the blitz. Uh, but I don't think it matters in this game. I think the Bills get back on track for Thanksgiving and then give themselves 10 days off to, you know, put it back together for the rest of the season. Yeah, last I saw, the Saints are without their two tackles, and then Alvin Kamara is not playing, and Mark Ingram is questionable. So lots of stuff not trending right for the Saints. So I don't think New Orleans, uh, Sands, all those players I just mentioned, I don't think they're going to have the offense to keep up with the Bills in this one. Next matchup, Pittsburgh is going to Cincinnati. Divisional game here. Cincinnati's favored by three and a half over unders at 45.5. Who you got? This seems like a tough one. Cincinnati feels like a team that should win this game, but Cincinnati was also a team that should have beat the New York Jets. And the Steelers sat there and they can't defend anything whatsoever. They can't defend a four pass, which is what the Bengals want to do. It just feels like a game where the Steelers are going to win the game. And that's who I'm going to take. So I'll take the points and I'll take a little bit of a sprinkle of money line. I like it. I'm taking the Bengals. You know, Pittsburgh is another one of those teams that's a little banged up on both sides of the ball. Give me Cincinnati. Nick, this one's for you, buddy. Is he going to this game? So he stated that he may be in work Monday if his wife does not allow him to go to Cincinnati this weekend. And right now his wife will not let him go to Cincinnati, so he's still trying to talk her into it, but he's contemplating. Could you imagine being married to somebody that's like, hey, I want you to get these Bengals season tickets because I know it's a big thing you love. By the way, they're playing the Steelers, who's like one of the bigger rivalries in in the division, and I don't want you to go. Yeah, I feel like that's the game to go to. Like you're not yeah. if you if you only get to pick one, it's got to be that one, right? Yeah, it's either that one or the Browns. But yeah, you want to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I don't think he wants to go to a Browns game because if he goes to a Browns game, Nick is going to find out that he's like eight inches shorter than Baker Mayfield, and that's a problem. That's yeah. a huge problem. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, next match. I'm not kidding. I think that's legitimately how much shorter he is. Uh, next matchup, Tampa Bay. They're going to Indy to take on the Colts. Tampa Bay's favored by a field goal. This over-under is at 51.5. It's up there. Who you got? I'm going to take Tampa in this game. Tampa still has a decent run defense. They can't stop the forward pass. And I think that if you're going to beat the Colts, you need them to be able to have to throw the ball. But then again, they just did it to Buffalo where Buffalo could do the same thing and stop the run, right? And they, they ran all over them. But it just seems like that that train for the, the Colts stops right here. You know, you get a little bit of a reality check, go back to the drawing board, leave the door open for Tennessee to win the division. Yeah, I think it comes down to their defense. Can they stop Tampa Bay? You know, they're getting healthier, but they still might not have all their weapons. But on defense, I don't think Vita Vey is going to be playing. And Buffalo had the number one run defense, and Indy ran all over them. Strength versus strength. We talked about that earlier. So we saw the strength versus strength thing play out in Indy's favor last week against Buffalo. You know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, he balled out. So I'm in on JT. Give me the Colts. I'm taking the underdog. Mm. Yep. That's three, that's three matchups already yeah. we're on different sides of. So next matchup, Tennessee. They're going to New England to Gillette to take on the Patriots, where New England's favored by five and a half. Over-unders at 45.5. Who you got? My logic says to take the Patriots in the way that they're playing right now, but something tells me that the Titans are going to somehow put something together to be able to beat them. Their defense may come together. 
that our defensive line may you know be able to get some pressure on Mac Jones, maybe stop a little bit of that run. They still can't stop the forward pass, but if you want to beat New England, try to turn them into a passing team and get rid of some of that balance. I'm going to take the upset here and have the Titans go in to Gillette and get a victory. I do like you taking the underdog. I love taking the underdog picks, but in this one, I'm going with New England. Tennessee, they're still banged up. They're missing pieces on both sides of the ball. Uh, New England seems to be catching their stride. I don't trust Dontrell Hilliard. I don't trust Deontay Foreman. They just cut Adrian Peterson. Obviously, Derrick Henry's not there. A.J. Brown, I think he has a rib injury. They lost Marcus Johnson. Is that his name? Yep. Yeah, they lost Marcus Johnson. He re-injured the hamstring. Uh, Julio Jones on IR. They brought back the rookie that they had cut. Like, they're they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Bud Dupree's out. It's not good. So, you know, give me the pats. The Houston Texans just won a game this last weekend. The Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills. The Jets beat the Bengals. This one's going to happen. I mean, the logic of the last, like, four or five weeks says that, yeah, they're probably going to win this game, and we're going to lose money. So... I'm pandering to David Richter right now so that maybe if I end up in California one day, he'll buy tickets to go watch the Ducks or something and he can take me to a hockey game. All right. David, you got it. I know you're following the game, David. The Ducks need to do something about penalties. What was it, like seven penalties in that game, Nate? Yeah, it made it great for us sitting right behind the penalty box. (laughs) It was phenomenal. I've never banged my fist against glass so much in my life. That was phenomenal. Yeah. But next matchup. Carolina, they're going down to Miami to take on the Dolphins, where Carolina's favored by one. Over-unders at 42.5. Who are you taking? Carolina should beat the brakes off this team, and that's why I think that Miami's going to end up winning somehow. Like This is going to be a theme. Carolina with Cam Newton, it's been a good ride for two weeks, right? Everybody's super pumped. Their defense is playing well. Christian McCaffrey's healthy. I think the Miami just has enough to get it done, and the, Dol- the Panthers can make a couple mistakes, and the Dolphins seem like that team that can capitalize on some of those mistakes. So, you know, they just signed uh, Philip Lindsay as well. Uh, so they're, you know, they're they're really confident in their running back core. But I don't know. Something just tells me that it's it's not a good look for the Panthers this week. You go for a couple games, get high, and then it comes back down to reality. And you're like, fuck, we're still the Panthers. Yeah, this is where we're at after like the last four or five weeks with all of the upsets, like out of left field upsets. Yep. Like we're just going into some of these games just like, swinging with our eyes closed but you're taking Miami I'm taking Carolina they look decent like they look decent with Cam Newton you know Sam Darnold got him off to a pretty good start but you know whether it was injury or team just getting a little tape on him in that Carolina offense he just cooled off quick so I think Cam does enough and their defense is good it's looked pretty decent so I like them to beat Miami in a close matchup behind their ground game next up Philly they're going to New York to take on the G-men Philly's favored by three and a half this over-unders at 46.5. Who are you taking? I think Philly beats these guys by two scores. Um, the Giants just can't block whatsoever, and then they also can't defend whatsoever. They try to defend, but they're going to have a tough time with Philly just running the ball up and down their throat. Philly's turned themselves into a run-first team. They're running the ball more than any other team. Like I think it's like nine more carries a game on average since they started running the ball Like after Miles Sanders got hurt. And they're just going to control the clock. They're going to be able to stop the Giants. Like, if Jason Garrett was their best play caller, who's the next guy? It's going to get even worse. They're going to call the same type of plays. They're going to call the same type of offense. I don't see anything changing with New York. Even though they got all the weapons, they need next year to happen for them to be able to be able to win a game like this. Yeah, it's Freddie Kitchens. He's calling plays for them. So, Good luck. Exactly. Uh, I'll take the Eagles for everything you just said. Love the run game there. 
Giants, they're headed in the wrong direction. So congratulations on your top five pick, New York. Next up, Atlanta. They're going to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars, where Atlanta's favored by one. This over-under is at 46.5. Who you got? This might be the hardest one for me to pick this week. Even coming up with like the next game, too, it's pretty bad. But um, like if I had to bet every game but one, this would probably be the one I don't want to bet. I'd rather bet Jets-Texans. Te- Jets, Jacksonville just seems like a team that's starting to get it together. They're starting to play well together. Their defense is starting to come together a little bit, even though they got ran all over by the Niners. Um, But they seem to be playing well together. They want to play for each other as a team. Uh, They haven't folded. They've gotten a couple wins under their belt. Atlanta just looks like trash. Without Calvin Ridley there to catch any type of passes, it's Kyle Pitts. You take Kyle Pitts out of the game, and the thing's over. I don't know if Cordero Patterson's going to play this week. He's still questionable, but... I'm going to take the Jaguars to get the upset at home here on a Sunday. It's it's just one of those weeks where I think it's going to happen. And maybe it's the week that every, all these favorites just win and blow out and do what they're supposed to do. But I'm going with the upset and the Jags to get a win because I have no faith in Atlanta and yeah. Matt Ryan's 2.94 fantasy points he gets per week. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he went negative 10 for us either last week or the week before mm-hmm. in one of our Scott Fishbowl teams or leagues it was bad it was bad but with this matchup i've gone back and forth you know i currently have atlanta highlighted for the win but i had jacksonville highlighted until i read that quarter patterson is likely playing so for me the obvious choice would be atlanta and that's who i'm gonna go with but if jacksonville is able to get james robinson going you know i wouldn't be surprised to see them get the upset because like you said no calvin ridley you know no passing game no real passing game for atlanta so mm-hmm. i'm not afraid of you know that offense right now without ridley so Next matchup, the Jets. They go to Houston to take on the Texans, where Houston and Tyrod Taylor are favored by a field goal. That over-unders at 44.5. You're taking Houston? Is that who you're taking? Not whatsoever. I'm taking the Jets. Oh, shit. I'm taking the Jets. Uh, Houston, I think, has some stuff in there, but the Jets got to win some games, too. The Jets are the team that just can't get the first overall pick. Like, even if the Lions were to win, like, four games... The Jets would find a way to win three more to get themselves to the five. So I think the Jets are going to get a victory here. There's a lot of scrutiny under all their quarterback stuff. You got Zach Wilson coming back. Maybe he's been able to kind of, you know, separate himself from the, you know, madness of running for his life and things like that. Seeing what works with some of the guys like Matt White and Josh Johnson, you know, dumping off the ball to Michael Carter, dumping it off to Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson is going to be the guy, you know, running the ball right now for a little while, seeing what Elijah Moore can do and just being able to take himself out of the picture, look at what's going on. I think that the Jets come in here, get a victory in Houston. Yeah, the the deciding factor for me in this one was how good Tyrod and the Texans looked last week. Mm-hmm. Granted, it was against, you know, a beat up Tennessee team, but uh, New York, they're down to Zach Wilson, you know, White and Flacco and everybody. I believe they're on the COVID list. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So those guys are out. Michael Carter has an ankle, I believe, a high ankle sprain. So they are missing some pieces. I don't like Zach Wilson enough to pick the Jets over Houston in Houston. Give me the Texans. That's like our fourth one. We're on opposing ends of. This is fantastic. Yep. I like it. I like it in the, the two different perspectives. Next matchup, Chargers. They're going to Denver. to mile high to take on the Broncos, where LA's favored by two and a half. Over-unders at 42.5. Who you got? San Diego Superchargers. Even though I think that the Broncos are going to run the ball. I mean, it's freezing cold out here, right? And you got, you know, Herbert's played up in Oregon his whole life. He's from Eugene. He played college at Eugene. 
it's cold up there it is not what it is right now like we just came back from denver um just you know within the last hour and it is 30 degrees freezing wind there's a little bit of flurries and snow out there on the ground they're going to be able to run the ball all over the chargers but i don't think that they're going to be able to keep up if the chargers can put up 21 points in this game which i think that the chargers do the chargers are starting to see that hey our success and justin herbert's success is corresponds to mike williams getting close to double digit targets mike williams getting the ball fed his way a little bit more and it brings a lot of different avenues and balance to be able to open up Keenan Allen underneath and open up Austin Eckler underneath and the tight ends. And I think it's just too much for what the Broncos have to offer. Even though the Broncos are just spending all their money on their wide receivers and giving Tim Patrick and Corlin Sutton, all these extensions that don't make any sense. uh, They don't have the wide receivers that the chargers have. And I think that's going to be the difference in the game. You know what that is, right? That's a, that's a direct message. They're sending to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Well, look what we got. We got not one, not two. We got three wide receivers and a tight end. We even got a tight end for you to throw the ball to. None of this Devontae Adams and a bunch of guys. Yeah. You got Noah Fant and a guy I can't pronounce his name. Yeah, exactly. Alberto. (laughs) Alberto. I like that. Yeah. uh, You know, the Chargers feeding the ball to Mike Williams, you know, directly relates to them winning games early in the season. And also Nate winning a lot of fantasy games early in the season because I know you got some Mike Williams stock on your fantasy oh, yeah. teams. Yeah, yeah he's oh, yeah. smiling. But yeah, I'll, give me the Chargers in this one. They look great on offense against the Steelers, and I just don't see Denver uh, being able to keep up with them um, on offense. Next matchup, LA Rams. They're going to Green Bay to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers, where Green Bay is currently favored by one. This over-unders at 48.5. Nate, who are you taking? Uh, I think this line's moved because I see that the Rams are one-point favorites right now. It might have. It might have. Yep. I, I got um, these down like two days ago. So. Yeah, so currently the Rams are favorites. I think that's due to uh, the left tackle, the Packers being put on IR. And no Bakhtiari yet, right? Yep, no Bakhtiari. So I'm still going to go with the Packers in this game. I think that the Pack, like, you're getting Matt Stafford going to Lambeau Field. Matt Stafford has come back down to earth. Matt Stafford has shown exactly who he is. Matt Stafford, the problem that the Rams had with Jared Goff was that he can win, he can manage ball games, do well, but when you're down 10 points, he can't bring you back, and it's the same thing with Matt Stafford. And I just think that the Rams are going to struggle. They're going to go up there. It's going to be cold. It's going to be frosty. McVay doesn't look like a guy who... You know, he's going to go out there in a Patagonia jacket that doesn't even he's going to put a Ram sticker on it just to meet, you know, NFL criteria. But I think the Packers are just going to be on a roll eventually. Like, I think that the Packers are going to make the make the Super Bowl in the NFC and um, they're going to remind the Rams who they are. Off topic, but this is probably another one for, for a Taco Corp segment. Uh, upcoming Taco Corp segment. Patagonia totally belongs in that segment. And, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. when you get to it, you can you can bring that up. Let's not do it now. But I don't think the Rams are a complete team. You know, maybe they're still adjusting to not having Robert Woods. Maybe they're still trying to integrate Odell Beckham Jr. You know, Von Miller. They're getting Leonard Floyd back from the concussion protocol, I believe, this week. So they should be better. But I'm still not taking you know the Rams in their current condition in their current state over Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field, despite the offensive line uh, injuries and despite his big toe injury or whatever, whatever he's got going on that's worse than turf toe. 
that he's never had turf toe either in his entire career, but he knows what it feels like to have turf toe. He knows what he has is worse than turf toe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. All right. Next matchup, Minnesota. They're going to the Bay Area to take on the 49ers where San Fran is favored by a field goal. This over-unders at 48.5. Who you got? So this is weird because earlier this morning, Everson Griffin had like shot a weapon in his house and was refusing to go outside of his house and cops were surrounding. So there's a bunch of stuff happening with the Minnesota Vikings right now. But the Niners don't win at home unless it's against the Rams in the last two years. The Niners should run all over this team. What the Niners are doing seems to be great, right? But for some reason, the Vikings are going to win this ball game, even though they have a bunch of problems in their own clubhouse as well. But the Niners just can't win at home. The Niners built a massive stadium, and they can't get a W unless the Rams go there. So give me the Vikings. Yeah, Shanahan, he has McVay's number. Like, that's that's not a secret. Mm-hmm. I hate it as a Rams fan. I hate it. But all of the Vikings' losses this season have come in overtime or they've been by one score. Like, it's crazy. All five of their losses. So mm-hmm. these guys, I mean, they look like a good team. They look like an eight-win team, and they could easily be an eight-win team if a couple of things go their way. I think they can make place at the running back position with Dalvin Cook. They can block for him. And then obviously at the wide receiver position with Justin Jefferson, and then Mr. Endzone himself, Adam Thielen. So they're slowly getting all of their pieces back on defense. So give me the Vikings. I'm taking Kirk Cousins and those guys. Hell yeah. Next up, we have the Browns going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Baltimore's favored by about four points, I think, right now. I'm not sure if you're seeing something different. So Baltimore's favored by four over-unders at 46.5. Who you got? The Ravens. I'm going to take the Ravens here. I don't think that the Browns, while they want to run the ball, uh, they they have to run the ball, and that's it. Because Baker is so banged up, so banged up that there's no way that he can throw the ball down the field. He's got rib things, he's got shoulder things, he's got back things, he's got chest things, he's got leg things, he's got hip things, he's got brain things, he's got bad hair things, he's got Nick things, he's got a thing for everything. And you know the Ravens, they just keep seeming to win ball games. I think they're what seven and three right now. Uh, they shouldn't be seven and three. They've been playing like crap, and they just keep you know inching out these one one score games mm-hmm. but i think it's a, a week where the ravens decide that hey we're going to run the ball with the running backs a lot more than we're going to rely on lamar miller to run the ball um or lamar jackson yep. excuse me and they come out with a double digit win i can't wait until the week when they finally decide to use their most explosive running back in tyson williams i guess it's, it's, it's going to be phenomenal but it's going to suck because he's not going to be on any of my fantasy teams or he'll be on my bench. Like, that's just the reality that I know you're facing in a couple leagues as well. Yeah, if he comes back and he's a he's the player that he was, you know, at the beginning of the season, they just let him be be the number one running back. I'm winning my league in yeah. Taco Court Fantasy Football League. Like, I'm missing the one running back piece relying on Cordell Patterson. It sucks. Yeah, weeks one and two, he was like a 15 to 20 fantasy point guy. And he was a yeah. dude we picked up right off the waiver wire. So, but for this matchup, if Lamar's back, give me the Ravens. Baker seems to take one step forward, you know, every now and then, followed immediately by at least two to three steps back. So, yeah, I'm on on board with the Ravens again this week. Our final matchup, we have the Seahawks going to Washington to take on the football team on Monday Night Football. Seattle is favored by one, over under at 46. Who you got? I'm going to go Washington by more than a touchdown. Maybe not 10 points, but I I think they can win by eight in this matchup. Uh, they seem to be a team that's just playing really well together. They don't get it in the win column because they just don't have some of the talent that other teams have. You know, they're playing against the Eagles, the Cowboys, um, and stuff like that. But the Seahawks, Russ's finger is not good. 
it's no. it's not good whatsoever. He can't get the ball downfield. They don't have a running game. They tried to use Rashad Penny. He got hurt after one play like he normally does. They have nothing there. They can't get the ball to DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett has to run all the way down the field, but Russ just can't throw it that far. I think they're going to struggle mightily against Washington going, you know, from the West Coast to the East Coast, playing a different different weird game on a Monday night when they're used to playing Monday night games at home, you know, at a 7 o'clock home time, and it's, it's going to be like a 4 o'clock start. It's weird. Um, so give me Washington to take this one. Yeah, that is so unfortunate about Rashad Penny. Like he came out like right out of the gate. He had like one or two like phenomenal runs. And then mm-hmm. he was injured like immediately. Like, man, that, you know, former first round pick for the Seahawks. He dude just cannot catch a break. It, it sucks. But I don't think the Seahawks look good with Russ after coming back from his injury. You know, they're not playing good football offense. Defense is OK. But give me the team coming off back to back wins against Tampa Bay and then Carolina. And they've actually looked pretty decent. They did lose Chase Young. But, I mean, they're putting it together. They seem like a team that's kind of on the up and up. So, yeah, give me give me the football team. Their defense grades better without Chase Young in it, especially this year. Um, Chase Young gets to the quarterback, but he doesn't do anything with it. But he does it solely on his own with, without being in the scheme of the defense. So they actually play a lot better team defense without Chase Young in there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so strange. Uh, moving on now to our home league preview. We would be remiss if we ignored the latest fashion trend, taking our nation by storm. That's the tidy whities They're back, baby. So to determine our matchups this week, we're going to pick who would win based on who would look better in a pair of crisp, comfy, seductive tidy whities Are you ready? Always ready. (laughs) Always ready. (laughs) Your hair hair does not look like you're I don't know what's going on over there. I just (laughs) noticed it. You're talking about... (laughs) The 12 of us in tidy whities it's yeah, you know, I feel like I'm getting warm. My face is getting red. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Hot and bothered is yeah. uh, the phrase I would use to describe you right now. But in our first matchup, we've got the banana stand taking on Otter Job. So, Nate, who would look better in a pair of tidy whities Who would I like to look at more in a, t- a pair of tidy whities uh, Oh, man. It's hard. But I am I feel like I'm going to be more into looking at the person who is in these crisp, right, looking like they were just bleached tidy whities right? But with brown hair just spewing out of everywhere from the upper thigh all the way down to the toenail and all the way up to the neck. And it's got to get shaved, you know, basically underneath the collar. So give me the banana stand because there's always money in it. And that money may be hiding underneath leg hairs. That's right. Have you seen Malcolm in the Middle, the very first episode of that show? Yes. Where uh, Brian Cranston, the dad, is in the kitchen getting shaved while the kids are eating breakfast by the mom, just nude. Yeah, I think I've witnessed that at your house when I was staying there for a couple weeks. That's exactly what we've recreated that, and it happened, you know, every other week. So I absolutely agree with you. I'm taking this matchup. Albert, I know all you want to do is put like your denim jean jacket on and your pants that are cuffed up about eight inches too high with your Timberlands. You don't know what tidy whities are, all right? This is my matchup. Let me have it. Next matchup. Ayukin is taking on Tinker Stinkers. Smoothie against Wayne. Who you got? Wayne looks like an old wrinkled up plum that is just like, it's it's on its way to being a prune, but it's not a prune yet. So it's like a little bit squishy still. It's not like all hard and everything like that. And then his name is Smoothie. You you can't get anything that 
I mean, you just oil up, oil him up a little bit, right? Get make sure you get that oil underneath the underarms too. So when he lifts up and he like puts his hands on his head, it, it just accentuates everything that does with the tidy whities. Ayukin's gonna take this one by a landslide. Like there's nobody who everybody beats Wayne when it comes down to being in tidy whities. Everything you just said, 100%. Nickname is Smoothie because the man has no hair follicles. It's a medical condition, and I'm going to take you back to Smoothie's introduction episode. You know, when we first met, I was uh, A1C, fresh out of, you know, Lackland Air Force Base, Texas, coming to Hill Air Force Base. He was an NCO in the shop. You know, he was kind of showing me around. He introduced himself as Staff Sergeant Smoothie, and I asked, Smoothie, your name badge says Pollock. And he said, oh, it's because I have no hair in my balls. Literally my first exposure to an NCO in the United States Air Force. So, um, yeah, Smoothie's taking this matchup for <laughs> all of the reasons we just talk, talked about. Next up, Boner Jams 03 taking on the Meaty Clackers. This is Matt up against Brandon. Nate, who you got? This is essentially the matchup between Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Chris Farley. I'll let you figure out which one is which, but there's one guy who can make jokes like Chris Farley. There's one guy who can go trigger like Chris Farley. And that's going to be Matt. You know, I don't want to, I love Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's everything about America, more American than Thanksgiving and everything that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks when it comes to our foods and everything like that. But it doesn't beat out Chris Farley sitting in front, in the second row of SeaWorld, just blasting off, you know, because only the water wants to hit him. Matt would be sitting there in his tidy whities and only the water would hit him. But he would look glorious doing it. Give me Matt to win this matchup. No, not not giving this one to Matt. The guy refuses to give Tidy Whitey's their due credit, their due respect. And Brandon, I've been deployed with Brandon. You know, I've I've worked in close proximity. You know, we've we've gone to the gym together. We've been in the locker room at the same time together. He wears Tidy Whitey's. I've seen him in Tidy Whitey's. I know he he likes them. I know he enjoys the comfort that they bring and. You know, I mentioned the word seductive earlier, and I would be remiss if I didn't use that word to describe how he looks in them. So give me the meaty clackers in this matchup. Moving on to Dak to the Future, taking on Just Here No Fine. So Josh Callis taking on AG Allen Greenhill. Nate, who you got? I had never seen Allen until I peeped a little bit of a picture of him, right, out of one of the live streams and or out of one of the streams and recordings. The dude is beautiful. Is. And beautiful people don't sit there and try to do a pizza eating competition with stuffed crust and all the toppings. You can't look good in tidy whities if you're doing pizza eating competitions with stuffed crust and all the toppings on them. And then you're not folding it. You're trying to eat three stacks or anything like that. AG, the guy is, I mean, if I didn't know any better and I didn't know what he looked like and I didn't know anything about what smoothie looked like, I might call him smoothie. Cause he looks smooth as fuck too. So give me Alan to take this one down, uh, bumping back to the future, back again. Yeah. Did you see him like when he was putting his arms up in that video? It's beautiful. Like his biceps too. They're massive. And like the like, tricep, he's got like the, the two heads on the back of the arm there. Like they're visible without him flexing. Trey cannot see a picture of this guy because then we will never see Trey because he will just lift and lift and lift and lift and lift yeah. because he's going to try to get to look on the same level as Alan. Oh, there'd be so much envy. Yeah. So much envy. Trey, if you're listening, do not Facebook stock Alan. Um, you know, you got a wife, you got two kids, you're doing the coaching thing. You know, you're a superintendent. 
at a prestigious squadron. You don't have time for this. You just stay off his Facebook, stay off his Instagram, and just let this one go. Just let it go. For this matchup, I'm also taking Allen. He's like, I don't know if he's into modeling, doing any underwear modeling, like billboards or anything, but I'm pretty sure you throw some Calvin Kleins on this guy, some Fruit of the Loom, some Hanes, like you could throw Allen up on a billboard, you know, across a busy interstate, and he will do just fine. Yeah, goodbye, Justin Bieber. Goodbye, David Beckham. Trey's going to be in the tanning booth for six hours a day trying to get bronze like him. It, it's over. Yeah, he can't afford the the plastic surgery, the supplements, and, <laughs> you know, more importantly, the time that he'd have to put into the gym and on the tanning bed mm-hmm. to, to get on Allen's level. So go ahead and give me Green Hill in this matchup. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Inglorious Bastards taking on Peeping Tomlinson. So Jason taking on Julian. Who you got in this one? Look, Julian looks fantastic in thongs. He knows everything about thongs. He knows about he knows the guys who, you know, down the back alleys of a Middle Eastern country, right, where you might get shot, you might get stabbed, or you might get a fake Rolex. Who got the good padding ones that like push your stuff up and everything yep. like that? But tidy whities are an old man's game. Hundred percent. Jason's been wearing tidy whities his whole life. He knows no better, right? Jason will go out and check his mail in a pair of, like, what are those boots you get from Walmart? Like those boots, right? I think they're called Rockies. You get some Rocky boots or something like that from Walmart, and he'll go out in his tidy whities maybe a beanie, maybe a robe, a little Cousin Eddie action, and, and he'll look fantabulous. So give me Jason to win this matchup. Like, it, it's a tidy whitey competition. It's not a thong competition. Flip it. It goes the other way. But this is a real man sport. That's exactly the argument I was going to use. You know, Julian, he is our underground thong market expert. He knows thongs from back to front inside to outside jason though and let me let me paint a picture have you seen the meme with like wolverine on the bed and he's like looking at the picture it's like kind of caressing it mm-hmm. so you're familiar uh for the listeners just kind of look it up if you aren't you know jason he's listening to this podcast right now he's in his bed he's in a pair of tidy whities nothing else and he's holding a picture and he's caressing that picture you know he's thinking about what he used to look like because in that picture, it's him in his early 20s in a pair of tidy whities But you know what? It's He still looks good in him. He still looks good in him, and he's taking this matchup against Julian. Give me the Inglorious Bastards. He was wearing tidy whities before there was any other type of underwear. He was wearing tidy whities before any of us were born. That should be a podcast. <laughs> Things that have been invented since Jason started wearing tidy whities Single engine aircraft. Uh, <laughs> the internet. <laughs> the, the internet. <laughs> Sliced bread. Pony yeah. Express. Pony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last matchup. GNT's taking on the Vinegar Strokes. So Trey, he's doing battle with you here, Nate. Who are you taking? Dude, my fiber is up like crazy. And if I'm wearing tidy whities, it's going to probably look like I got a Twix bar in the back. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's just, it's going to be bad. Trey's got everything. Trey's trying to get on the Greek god status. You know, have his own statue in Columbus. Have one in Athens, Greece. His body's got to look fantabulous. Those Greek god... I don't know why I keep saying fantabulous. Oh, Jesus. Every one of those statues is not in any color other than white because it represents the type of underwear that those people would wear because they would look fantastic in it. That is Trey. I'm not going to lie. I'll give it to him. The guy looks amazing, right? So I'll just give him the matchup. He wins this one. I drop a game. I'm probably going to lose and get out of the playoff contention. Be ready to compete with Wayne for the Sacco, but I'm okay with it because I'm secure in the type of underwear that I look good in. 
I'm just making excuses. Like <laughs> he looks fucking great, so I can't compete against that. So I'll just chalk it up to that. I think there's something to be said here, though. You know, if you if you're out in public, you know, you identify like, oh, it's it's a dad. You know, whether you know he has a ring on, he's got some kids, you know, in tow, or he just has some kids in tow. You know, single dad. You see them at a sporting event, maybe some kids' sports, some youth activities, raising some kids right. You know, you you see that, you identify, you're like, man, that guy, he's raising some good human beings. I like what I see. And if I put you and Trey in a pair of tidy whities, like everything about Trey and his tidy whities is going to be clean. Like they're going to be like tight on his skin. Like there won't be any loose clothing material at all. They're going to look like he just bleached them. They're going to be super white, pristine. And with you, I feel like you're going to fully embrace being a dad. You know, you're going to have them loose fitting the way they, that God intended, right? You're probably going to have, you said a Twix bar. I call that the racing stripe. You know, I, I grew up with a, a father who had, you know, tidy whities. That's all he wore. You know, mm-hmm. sorry if you listen, dad. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, we would call him Dale Earnhardt because, like, he had, a racing, he had a racing stripe on every single pair. Maybe this dude just didn't know how to wipe. I don't know what the story is. We'll open up that can another time. But if I see that, you know, I pair that with like being that guy, that dad, and having that racing stripe, I lean towards that. I'm not going to lean towards the Calvin Klein model with Trey, and I'm taking the racing stripe 10 times out of 10. I got the vinegar strokes. I appreciate it. Did I do a good job framing that? Yeah, you did a really good job. (laughs) Once you said the dad thing, I was like, oh, they're going to be those loose baggy ones (laughs) that are all sweaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Trey's got like the comfort band. You can't really see the waistband. You've got like the blue and yellow, like fruit of the loom, like super tight, but everything else is baggy. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like parts of the elastic are like spraying off. So there's like, looks like there's strings coming off the back, the tags ripped and yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense how a human being is wearing this in the 20th, 21st century. But all right, that's all we got for matchups. Let's go ahead and move on to our special thanksgiving message for our listeners we've got a few guests here nate you'll go ahead and lead it off for thanksgiving week we wanted to get a little more serious than normal and ask a tough question or two as we've all continued to navigate adulthood many of us have gotten married we've become parents there's obvious pressure that comes with those things we all work hard to keep a roof over our heads food on the table etc our group of friends is more than likely shrinking as sad as that is to say Our parents, they're all headed for their twilight years, so we have to make sure we're ready to face that. That's dark. One of the things that falls to the wayside is taking care of ourselves. You know, they don't arm us with those types of tools growing up, at least not where where I come from. I think that's probably the same for most people. So my first question is, how do you deal with the everyday grind and also balance taking care of yourself? Oh, these are hard. Take a minute to think about it. You fought these battles before. Yeah, I think it's really just about what I want to be remembered for, like what I want my legacy to be. So at times when I'm up, yeah, I go to bed a lot at one, two o'clock in the morning. You'll see my podcast dropped at one thirty, two o'clock, sometimes three in the morning. But I'm also going to school full time, doing the parent thing, you know, and and working full time as well. But trying to make some time for myself to do some things that I enjoy. And I think that when my book's finally written, it'll be something to say that, hey, I took care of my responsibility stuff, did my own thing and eventually just raised good human beings. So at times when it's super hard and I'm frustrated and my kid's crapping in a bathtub and, you know, there's, I don't know, whatever cereal on the floor and I forget to sweep or something and it gets stuck. 
you know, the, the end, the end goal of having, you know, something positive be, you know, said about me that I left a decent impact on other people so they could leave a decent impact on other people as well. So, um, looking at that end goal, what I want my book to be saying about me kind of is what keeps me going through those tough times. Yeah. So like the things you do didn't come at the expense of like your responsibilities, the things you want to achieve with your kids, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, You've been on this planet for 30 plus years. Any advice you wish you'd given to Nate in his early twenties? Yeah, it would be go to therapy earlier. So I'm a big, like you said, you know, not growing up with some of those skills and stuff like that. Like I come up from a family where we don't talk about emotions. At least, at least we didn't right growing up. My mom holds in a lot of stuff. My dad holds in a lot of stuff. And, you know, over the last couple of years, kind of come out of the closet a little bit about talking about things that we struggle with. And that was kind of a lot to do with things that I went through in life. Right. So I would say go to therapy a lot earlier, even if I didn't think I needed it. It's just nice to have someone who doesn't know you from the get be able to just see things that you're going through in your daily life. Right. Any little struggle and stuff like that. One thing I did learn going through therapy is that I had to find, it took me a little while to find somebody that I really felt really good to talking with. Right. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being someone that was around my age. So I think my therapist was like two years younger than me, but it was a lot better than having someone 30 years older than me, 20 years older than me. You know, I could make jokes and stuff like that, that were relevant to the current times, you know, something, some trend on TikTok or something, or, you know, those type of things. And they're able to recognize the verbiage that I use. I can just be myself a lot more than trying to explain things to someone who I don't feel understands what it's like to be 33 or 34 or just the words that we use at this age. Right. So yeah, the, the boomer jokes, they, they actually get those. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So on that note with therapy, this is probably for a much more narrow crowd, maybe not, but there's a stigma that comes with seeking help for uniform members. Any advice in that regard? Fuck it. It doesn't matter because honestly, what's going to happen. Sorry. I know you edit those F words. So, uh, but who cares? Honestly, like as a uniform member, right? Like you see it every day, every day, someone ends up moving, someone ends up leaving, you go to a new place and they just replace you with someone else. Someone else is going to do the job. You decide to leave the military. They're going to hire somebody who's 19 years old to come in and replace you. Right. It just keeps turning and turning and turning. And at the end of the day, like I, you know, I left the military in May of this year in 2021 and I would almost bet everything I have on it that the people that were above me don't speak my name anymore mm-hmm. or they don't even remember, right? Unless someone else brings it up. It's not even on top on your mind because you're just going, 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 going. So to be honest, like it's just a job, you know, it's a different job. There's hardly anybody who does it percentage wise in the country. At the end of the day, it's just a job. So, you know, even if you stay in 20 years, 25 years, that's maybe a quarter of your life, you know, or something like that. Um, you got a lot else to do in, in life and like, don't worry about it. Who cares? Nothing's going to happen to you anyways. So yeah, we are, we are definitely replaceable. Every job you've ever worked, someone is currently doing the job that you did, but you've been down in some pretty deep holes and you made it back out. You're here with us today. Right. And, uh, that's not a euphemism or anything like that, but how are you doing? Like, how are you really doing? Um, I'm just exhausted. Um, trying to find time to do the things that I want to do, right. You know, get out a little bit more, you know, when I got here, it was kind of nice because I had, I had a couple months to kind of just get myself together, right. And figure out what I'm doing with life. And I got to be around a lot, 
people a lot more. And then I recognize what I do as a parent is I, I focus so much on trying to do everything on my own with my kids and create those memories with them. But I don't go out as much, you know, to say, Hey, I'm going to go like, yo, Tony, I'm coming to your house. Like, are you guys home doing anything coming over Saturday or something like that? Or Trey, we're driving up. You guys are going to be around or something or AJ, you know, stuff like that or gathering people together. And maybe some of it's just like, I'm new to it and new, new to here. Right. Trying to get under, you know, a routine and stuff like that and get my house together. But Overall, I'd say I'm doing good. I feel good about what I'm doing. Uh, it's just exhausting. And I guess I just got to ask for help a little bit more. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we're here for you. We're right down the street. You can literally walk to our house. I got a cannon. I can throw a baseball to your house. Line drive, bro. <laughs> like we have firewood in the garage for like you guys coming over in the evenings. We have stuff in the, the pantry for s'mores. We've got the invitation out there. I know your kids are on the East Coast right now. So the invitation for Thanksgiving is still on the table as well. There'll be plenty of food and football here later this week. Are you still planning to live to 100? You mentioned a quarter of your life with the the 25 thing earlier. Uh, Like 110 at least. 110. Okay. 110. Yeah, I'm I'm making it to 110. I I figure if if I put the most unhealthy things in my body and do the most unhealthy things, then I'll live longer. Right. Like everybody wonders how the 95 year old lady in a wheelchair gets her cigarettes. It's because I don't know. She's been smoking her whole life. So that's my plan. Keep doing everything that they tell you not to do because they're trying to poison you. Yeah. I watched the YouTube videos like a good 15 minutes. I don't remember who was in it, but I think they're talking about like Diet Coke. It attacks the cancer cells. Right. That's why that's why I'm addicted to it, man. I'm trying. <laughs> I got to combat the, the bad habits I have in life. That's misinformation. That's not true. Uh, final thing I'll ask before letting you get back to podcast file management. What's something you're thankful for? Uh, I'd honestly say the people around me, um, the people around me that I moved to Colorado to be around really did help me get out of some of the darkest times of my life. And I guess I would say just, just the people around, like you never know what you're going to get out of people. Right. And our text message thread ended up turning into being a, a good place to go SOS, right? And just set up a Zoom. And luckily, Zoom had become a thing and everybody's kind of comfortable with it because then we, it was easy to get on it, right? But uh, all those hours of spending on there, just, you know, going through all the emotions and getting it from every angle from everybody. Someone's, you know, the just the listen guy. Someone's the, hey, you know, I, I get what you're going through. I've been yeah. through it. There's the other guy who's like, hey, fuck you, man. You need to get your shit straight together because you're going to get screwed and this, 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 right? Thanks, Wayne. Um, that, that actually helped me out a lot too. So I give Wayne a lot of shit, but he's, he's a really good friend. Yeah. And I would, I would say like, I don't want to say most importantly, because I don't want to diminish the other things that the things that other people did, but you know, Tony, you and your family, uh, put me up for about two months when I got here and I literally moved to Colorado with nothing. Like I moved with my truck, a little Honda that I bought the commute and I had my shoes, my clothes. And the microphone and laptop that I use right now, I had hardly anything to my name. And that two months of staying with you guys really helped get me back on track to just be able to support me and my family and my kids. And we're all here, you know, living it up, going through the life. So that's when I thought about, you know, when you asked me to be on this, that was the first thing I thought of was just like, you know, that time it meant a lot to me and it still means a lot to me. And I'm not one to ask for help. And you basically just said, Hey, come live with me. 
So I'm trying not to cry right now because uh, it's, I mean, it's deep, man. When you when you start your entire life over and you feel like you have nothing, you know, it's, it's crazy what people do if you just, you know, accept it. So, um, yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> you got my ears like watering up a little bit. <laughs> Have to turn on the waterworks over here, man. How, how do your ear, your ears water? But I don't know. It must be an Italian thing. <laughs> did, I say, did I say ears? Yeah, I think you did. No, I meant eyes. But uh, yeah, it's the least we could do. And I do, I do remember the Zoom sessions. And I know they were for you, but like for me, that's the first time. What were there like six, seven of us sometimes in those uh, thirty-minute, hour, two-hour-long Zoom sessions? Some longer. Like I don't yeah. think I've ever talked about some of that stuff like openly like that. So, I mean, that was kind of therapy in its, in its own right. Right. Yeah. It was kind of cool too. Cause even after that, some people would just reach out to me and text. Right. There was probably three or four of the people that were in there. They were like, yo man, can I talk to you about something? Right. And stuff like that. So I think, I think it was really cool that all that kind of stuff happened when it did. Um, I think a lot of people were going through things as well mm-hmm. and people didn't want to like shit on me for going through stuff. Right. Or diminish what I was going through. Cause it was pretty heavy. Um, but I think it opened up a lot of avenues to where a lot of us are more comfortable just being like, yo, you know, how's it going? And uh, like waiting for, okay, I ask, how's it going? It might be an hour, <laughs> you know, and just being able to be cool with that rather than that, like hallway, you know, when you're walking through a hallway at work and it's like, how's it going or how you doing? And like, you don't want to hear how I'm doing, man. <laughs> like, you know, you don't have the time you're rushing to a meeting. Don't ask me that question. Just say hello. You've warned. I think me sometimes, maybe it was in a group chat. You're like, if you have an hour, I'll really let you know how I'm doing. And yeah. sometimes, yeah, we did go down that rabbit hole with everybody. But you went on like a, a 14 day binge of every day asking me in text, do you ever feel like a plastic <laughs> bag blowing through the wind? <laughs> and and I just ignored it for like 10 days because I was like in a deep, dark state base. And I was like, this son of a bitch doesn't get it. And I'm going to blow him up. And I'm, I'm going to make him regret ever asking me this. So Okay. So we never, I don't think we ever talked about that. You told us about like the Siri, like the upgrade with some iOS, like mm-hmm. you could program your phone to just send out text messages, uh, either just like you schedule it or it will yeah. respond. If someone says, Hey, how you doing? You can send out a response. Like I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> That's what that was the whole time. That's all that was. It was just automated. I, I was wondering why it was at yeah. the same time every day. Like, dude, this guy has an alarm set. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I would send that out as a joke, but it was just like an invitation. Like if you have something to say, you could have said it. And I think we did talk about that. Yeah. But me and Beisner had it to where like, I would send him one at like 10 AM. He would program his, his phone to respond to exactly what I said. So he'd respond with like the next lyric. That's from the interview, uh, a Katy Perry song. And then my phone, we go back and forth like 10 or 11 text messages for, <laughs> for weeks, probably like months. But there's a lot of stuff out there. Like, I'm pretty sure we almost broke Siri with our shenanigans. Nice, man. Uh, before we both start crying, have you come around on tidy whities yet? God, no. <laughs> like, my mother used to make me wear those fucking things. And then when, and then I, like, got away from them, right? And I got into, like, just normal boxer briefs and, like, the Hanes through the loom types, you know, get my mm. six pack on, maybe get a seventh bonus bonus pair or something like that. You know, all the different colors. And then we went to basic training and they put us back in those things. And like, dude, I'm, I'm team thick thighs, save lives. And like, I'll shave if I don't have like one of those like deodorant things in between my legs, I'll shave. So I'm not, I can't do it, man. Like I'm bougie with my underwear now. So I'm, I like buy like almost $20 pair of underwear. And those are like my day to days. And then I have my Hanes stuff to like sleep in or whatever. Cause they get a little bit loose and more comfortable, but 
Yeah, I can't do those tidy whitey things, man. There's a few words that I think most Americans, probably most people on this planet, associate with tidy whiteys. You know, I've already mentioned a couple of these, but comfort, seduction, chicks, they dig them. Luxury, warmth. You know, I can go on and on, but I think for your show, we need to jump back in a pair and have like that beer segment where you crack it open and like you explain what it's like for tidy whiteys. Throwing it out there. Uh, we can do that anytime you like. The thing I think about when I see Tidy Whitey's and when I saw that picture, or, or you guys just talk about them, right? Was Walter White from Breaking Bad. That was the first thing I thought yeah. of. I was like, oh, like the only reason someone wears these is to try to be like the massive like drug dealer, drug supplier within the state of New Mexico. So that's a land of enchantment. Yeah. You know how like Kim Kardashian, all, all kinds of celebrities, they have like their own brand, whether it's like clothing or perfume. I think uh, Carrie Underwood has like, her own stuff at like Dick's Sporting Goods or whatever, like athletic wear. Mm -hmm. If Brian Cranston, the actor who plays Walter White, if he doesn't start up a tidy whitey brand at some point in his life, like that's a huge missed opportunity. Yeah. The only thing that looks good in tidy whiteys is chicks. Like, and that's it. Like, dude, I'm tell. I don't want to tell you guys what to do with your life because I like hanging out with you guys. So don't tell me if this ends up becoming a thing. But girls in like tidy whitey type underwear, like that you know, the regular brief type, but a male version. Bruh. Like granny panties? No, not, no, like dudes, tidy whities Like they have to have the big thick strap at the top. They have to have the like lines going through the crotch, you know, and you know, the little, the little window you can put it through. If you got it like that, I've never been able to use it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's, it's a thing. That boxer briefs, girls in boxer briefs. Take notes, ladies. Welcome in, Albert. It's been a while since we've had you on. How does it feel to be back on, and how are you doing? Feels good. Uh, I don't get enough time in my, my personal life to like really carve out time, so I'm at work on lunch, making this happen. So it's a nice little break from the monotony of work and you know family life that seems to come to a point during the holiday season. So I like the beard. It's uh, it's filling in nice. I'm jealous. <laughs> it's always a work in progress. I got to shave it like once once a month and. Yeah. So for Thanksgiving week, we wanted to get a little more serious uh, than we normally are and ask a tough question or two. So my first tough question is, how do you deal with the everyday grind and also balance taking care of yourself? So it's pretty tough to like thinking about like what, what needs to be done. Um, eating healthy, eating correctly, trying to exercise. My wife and I, you know, it helps to have someone of like mind as your like yeah. minds as, as your partner. Um, as far as like keeping your health in check and not like you know letting bad decisions like ruin your health. Yeah. Um, and Amanda and I, like we we do like a we do as much we do as much as we can, and really it it doesn't always look pretty. You know, we'll just be like, all right you got a little time with the babies napping, you know, try to squeeze in a workout here, mm -hmm. or maybe we can like meal prep a little bit in this time and kind of just like take, <laughs> take what the kids give us at this point. <laughs> um, and yeah. And so like we've, we've adapted pretty significantly. Like I don't go to the gym as much, but I do a lot of running in the neighborhood and try to do like a ton of like various at home workouts. We've gotten like a few different weights, we've got a bench it's it's whatever we can do to like try to like stay on top of ourselves health wise um we've tried to do it and you know sometimes you know day to day things just don't work out because 
the kids need something or the kids have something that they're doing as well. Yeah. And we don't want to like completely like, you know, dominate their lives with, you know, what we want. So that balance is, uh, it, it becomes a little bit lopsided <laughs> for the most part. Um, cause the kids need so much and aren't able to do much for themselves. You know, I got, I've got an eight year old, a seven year old, a three year old and a two year old. So, you know, the older ones are in school. My three year old daughter, she's in preschool. She has dance. The boys have karate. Gabriel's too. So he's just like attached to everything whenever we're doing anything with them. So it just becomes like a real chaotic adventure mm-hmm. every day. <laughs> and whenever we have like downtime, it's just like, babe, go out for like a 20 minute run or a 30 minute run. Or, you know, while you do that, I'll cook or, or vice versa. Um, and it's really just like taking, taking what the kids give you. <laughs> yeah. Kids sports, they are, they are time consuming because whether it's karate dance or just like baseball with our kids, baseball and softball, it's like practices through the week and then games. Yeah. So it's like two or three for each of them. And we only have two, you got, you're dealing with four kids. So yeah, you know, I can only imagine. It gets, it gets crazy. Like over the summer when there was no school, we were like, we had them in like uh, soccer and oh, yeah. baseball as well. And so that was, you know, in addition to everything else, like, Oh, if you don't have this, we can, we can do this stuff. And we want to like, keep them. We want to like be active ourselves and promoting you know, more active lifestyles for them is, is another way to do that and practice with them and be like, Hey, this is what you want to do. And then we get our cardio in and then, you know, we're playing a sport. So that stuff is like, has been, you know, kind of for the kids, they're, they're taking it in pretty well. And that's, you know, we want to keep that energy going. So like you mentioned, the tools we weren't given, you're trying to like promote that for them. Absolutely. So you've been on this planet 30 plus years. Any advice you wish you'd been given in your early 20s? Take a much, much closer look at your mental health. Um, for me, I've had a lot of things come up in more, my more recent years that uh, were unresolved or just unattended to and things that um, negatively impacted me as a father and as a husband. And it didn't work for me. I had to go to therapy for, you know, quite a bit to get to like some like deep revelations about, you know, how I identify myself to myself and how I am with other people, you know, isn't necessarily my real truth. It's just like the mask that I had. So it was just like some of the revelations that I had in therapy could have came sooner and could Mm -hmm. have produced um, a more productive early 20s to early 30s time of my life. It could have been way more productive because of the tools that I have now. I feel like, Jesus Christ, if I had them when I was younger, <laughs> like I literally had this, this thought and I was just like, man, if I didn't address my mental health because I didn't think of it as a problem at the time or something that just maybe my, you know, didn't serve me. And now that I'm, I, I have done that, um, it's a lot e- easier to like, you know, get into that mindset of like, man, I could have done this earlier, could have done this sooner. And this is advice I'm really like, not really given to everyone, but like my brother and sister are in their mid twenties. And I've told them like, Hey, you want to look at these things? Cause we came from the same, same house. We were raised by the same parents. They're still together. So these are some things that came up for me. And like, just having like that honest, open discussion with them has kind of like steered them a little bit towards looking at it. Cause you know, we've all got something we can work on and you know, Kudos to you for, for getting help. Like a lot of people, I'm not gonna say they lack the strength or courage, but it's just something that going to therapy is something that just kind of carries a stigma. 
you used to be in the military. You're still doing the reserve thing. So I, I'm pretty sure you're aware of that. But yeah, props yeah. to you, man. That's awesome. Appreciate it, man. It's, it's a jerk. Get a little more vulnerable with us here for a moment. How are you doing? Like, how are you really doing? Um, I'm feeling a little drained. Yeah. Planning Thanksgiving went south. I didn't get any of the materials that I wanted. So we're going to try to adapt Thanksgiving night and go to a restaurant and do it because I waited too long to, to do stuff. And then it was, you know, the, some of the things that I needed were incomplete for Thanksgiving. So it's like, all right, we got that. We spent a ton of money on a trip to California for Christmas. We're going to take the boys to Legoland. Nice. So I was feeling strapped between like, goddamn, like it's, it's, uh, we've got all these things we're planning. We still got to, you know, we just refinanced the house. So there's a lot of good things happening, but because of all these good things, I'm feeling drained about like, you know, the simple things of just yeah. getting materials for Thanksgiving, letting that slide. So now we have, we'll go out to dinner and that'll be good. But just like the grind that it's having on my wife to raise all of the babies at home becomes more readily apparent every day. I've, you know, I go to work for nine hours, I come back and it's just like a, a continuous cycle of I go to work, I get drained, I come home, and then like my mental health and the rest of my energy has to deal with, you know, crazy kids, uh, kids who don't listen, kids who, you know, and then my wife gets short with me because she's had to deal with them the whole day and yeah. is on edge. And, it, you know, it, it can get contentious pretty quick. Um, we've gotten a lot better at making sure that those things don't happen. We call it uh, normalizing breaks. And I'm just like, hey, like, I'm home. If you need to go for, like, a run, you know, just get, like, a quick dopamine hit, you know, or endorphin rush just going out for a run. Or if you want to just veg out in the bedroom, so then I'll make sure lock it. No one can go in there. I'll just take care of, like, these guys for however long you need. And, if you know, if those things don't happen, you know, the drain on me gets a lot quicker because I'm like, damn, I got bratty kids now and then i've got like a wife who's sniping at me and i'm just like i just came home from work <laughs> i'm just like i don't yeah. want to do much and you guys are doing the most and it's just like the daily grind it really comes to a head during the holidays a couple weeks ago i was doing all right even after halloween mm. but it's just like this latter end of the year is really just noticed it last year even after like i came back from a deployment the year prior but it was just like this feels like a, just a bit more it's a lot of pressure. And we kind of talked about that earlier, but yeah, no one told us growing up would suck so much. Uh, seriously, this <laughs> is, uh, there's a lot to it, a lot more to it than, you know, you could think about even like 10 years ago or before families as a young adult, you're feeling like, damn, I've got my freedom. I'm feeling, feeling great, feeling invincible, making my own money, got my own place. Right. You know, I got my own rules and, you know, there's, you know, nothing to it. And then you start adding people like, you know, a wife or a husband and, you start like, you know, all right, you got to get compatible or, you know, you're just going to be a lot of friction. And then you're like, all right, I got to figure out what's right for me. And then with all people not addressing mental health or maybe one person does and the other doesn't, you have a lot of, a lot more of that friction. And, you know, I feel like a lot of, you know, the judgment, but a lot of failed relationships come from people not like really, really being attentive to themselves and attending yeah. to themselves. The, the other part that goes along with that is like, we weren't prepared to deal with all of this. There's a ton of stress and pressure that comes with just being an adult, having four right. kids. I have two, so I couldn't imagine, you know, dealing with four because you have kids that are my age, my kids' age, and then also 
the young ones who I felt like were even more demanding, especially before they get into school. Yeah, and it's, it's nice that the older ones have each other, eight and seven, and then the younger ones, three and two. That's pretty close. But the amount of fighting that happens, <laughs> Jesus Christ, like that, that's, that was a part of it. That was an element of it that I think still took me by surprise, even when I fought with my siblings when I was younger, just how much of it happens. And like, yeah. Yeah, actually just, was it two days ago, my daughter dropped the TV on my two-year-old. We had to go to oh the ER because it landed on his head and, you know, he, his mood shifted. So they were like, all right, he's got an obvious concussion. And then he had a cut on his yeah. eye. So I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like this three-year-old, she doesn't, I don't, she, you know, she's just trying to get her brother's attention and then uses the TV to do it. She doesn't see it as a malicious act. But I'm just like, you look at his face, you're like, he was in a boxing match. My two-year-old's in a boxing match. And I'm just like, it's, it's ridiculous sometimes. It's just like, you marvel at like how your life got to this point where your three-year-old daughter's dropping TVs on your two-year-old son. And I'm just like, there's no script for this. There's no game plan for this. There's no like, holy shit, what? I've got all the, you know, I've got all the answers for this situation. No, it's just like completely. I'm about to write that down if I'm ever invited to Rivera's household. Watch out for uh -huh. falling TVs. I got that one down. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Final thing I'll ask before letting you get back to work. What's something you're thankful for? As much as I, you know, just talked about, <laughs> them being chaotic and unpredictable it is my family um there's a lot of uh joy and happiness that comes with being with them my mental state also improving is also something i'm thankful for at least improving to the point where it serves me to you know instead of works against me um i find myself you know i'm trained but i'll go home yeah. and i'm like excited to see my kids excited to see my wife even if we're like eventually going to be contentious when we do <laughs> link up. But there's a lot of joy and like understanding within our house that is just like, I'm not going to get that anywhere else. All right, Albert, thank you for lending us a few minutes. I do appreciate it. Any final thoughts or any words for Alan who just joined the room? I hope your family's doing great, Alan. I, we don't get to like uh, talk too much. Who's Alan? Yo, what's up? AG. <laughs> we don't get to like see each other face to face like this often so i'm just glad you and the family are doing all right at least what i can see on social media some things that chelsea posts sometimes i'm like huh look at this <laughs> if you don't provide the insight into your life she's she's more than happy to do so more than happy happy is an understatement i mean it's good to see you man it's, it has been a long time since we've seen each other face to face probably like yeah. three years or two yeah three years because last time we didn't get to meet up when I was in, when I was in town. We'll be in touch. Uh, Amanda and I, we're trying, we are trying to head out to the Pacific Northwest. So, all right, fellas, I got to run. Love you guys. Give Amanda Chelsea's love. Tell her that Chelsea will stop because she loves her. So, no doubt. And give those kids some hugs, man. Have a good Thanksgiving. See you, Albert. Yeah, you too, man. All right, take it easy, guys. All right, welcome in, Alan. It's been a long time since we've had you, probably over a year. How does it feel to be back and how you doing, man? Good, man. I uh, It's been a hectic year. I got a six-month-old baby boy, and then I got my four-year-old daughter and my 12-year-old daughter. Keeping you busy. Here at my grandparents' house, along with my grandparents, my, my parents, and my wife and my sister. So it's just, that's the summary of my life for the past that's crazy. At five Hill, years. So. Before I had, you know, our first... Uh, what we got off work yeah. and we go play some intramural sport or something for hours, right? 
There were no diapers. There was no swaddling. <laughs> no, what's a swaddle? <laughs> and now you got me here. I'm a, I'm on with you, and I've got my work laptop, and I'm just all grown up. I never I like ends. seeing this. How did this happen? I still have the plaque that you made for me with my uh, my selfie king. Yeah, I remember I drew a, I drew a bunch of those pictures. A lot has changed. So for Thanksgiving week, we wanted to get a little more serious than normal. I'm not sure if you follow the show. You know, we're pretty silly most of the time, but we wanted to ask a tough question or two. So my first question is, how do you deal with the everyday grind, but also balance taking care of yourself? Man, that's tough. So there's a lot. There's a lot to that question. That's a big question. So our family, there's a lot to it. When I tell you, like, it's growing pains, like you said, it's a grind. And like, no one told us that it was going to be like this when we grew up. No one prepared us for it. They tossed the Pythagorean theorem. I know I could tell you what A squared plus B squared equals any day. Like, no problem. I could tell you the distance formula. You know what I mean? So my wife and I, we um, are committed to physical, mental, and spiritual health. Like, that's like, we, we have to have that. So every single day, we've missed a day or two here and there, but every single day, as far as we can control, we both rotate, even with a six-month-old, four-month-old, three-month-old, even with babies, right? we rotate to where we're both making it to the gym every single day because that's something that's like very important to us. She's a certified personal trainer. So it's mm-hmm. extremely important to her. And then because she's a certified personal trainer, it has to be important that's to awesome. me because I got to keep it up. Right. So, <laughs> so no, it's been a, um, that's one of the, the main things. And then as far as like, just keeping, keeping like a, for me, especially being in the recruiting career. I've been a recruiter for just about two years, but I'm a recruiting flight chief now. So and I have um, six NCOs who work for me across 30,000 square miles, right? So I have to be able to take this phone because I got, I got to be able to take this phone and then put it down because one of the things that happened with COVID, I think two things happened, two really, really good things. Well, depending on how you look at it. So one thing that happened, I think for us as as adults, because not only did the life not prepare us to be adults, but especially going through a pandemic, a global pandemic the way that we did and conquering that and navigating that and figuring out how to do that. But we were able to take work home with us, right? Because most of us teleworked during that time. So being able to take work home with us, it proved to be really good going back. So, oh, we can kind of do a hybrid work where like, you know, we can do some things in the office, some things at home, go back and forth, do these things, right? But what has happened and what happened to us for a while is like work never stopped at that point. Once we went back, I was like, I was able to work at the office and I able to work at home. So I, I would do both and I would work until, you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. And I'd be like, oh, sorry, like, let me check in with you, baby. Like, how you doing? Like, what's going on? And so just one thing is boundaries, boundaries between work and home life. And there's another thing, one of the coolest things that I talked to my group commander about is actually that we, we do this thing where we've tried to put like priorities like one, two, three, but really our priority should be more of like a cycle, like a circle. And this is stuck with me. It's going to stick me forever. It's like one of my like leadership nuggets or whatever. So it's a, it's a circle. It's not, it's not a one, mm-hmm. two, three, it's not a ranking system, but instead you're going to have, you know, have fun, accomplish the mission, take care of yourself and others. And it's like, just a circle of that, the whole, I like guess it's, it's not one's more important than the other. They're all important. And sometimes this will be take precedence over this, but it's not means more important. It's they're all like on the even playing field. So anyway, that's that's what balance is for me is being able to do all those things at one time, right? And so, yeah. And obviously, if anybody knows me, they know that I have a, like my four Fs: I have faith, family, football, and fitness. And that's 
that's what I live on. That's what I live, breathe and die on. Right. So, and each of those has to be in check with each other at all times. So I like that. I swear. I thought you were going to say something about the OODA loop and I was ready to end this call. If you dropped the OODA acronym. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you've been on this planet 30 plus years now. Any advice you wish you'd been given uh, in your early twenties? So do you, you met me when I was, I knew, I knew young, Alan. Late teens, early 20s. That was, yeah, man, a couple different things. If I'm 100% honest, I'm not going to go on forever. But the first one would be, you don't know it all. Yeah. Because I knew everything that there was to know. Between the ages of 18 and 25, you couldn't tell me nothing. Vouch for that. <laughs> not a thing. So, number one, you don't know it all. Number two, I got told this in my late 20s. This is what I try and live my life by now is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I like that. And that one just across the board and the different things I've done in my life, like recruiting now and, and getting these kids to realize like, hey, like I, I care. I'm trying to help you get to your goals, whatever it looks like. Or um, when it comes to like the pastoral care that I've done for people and like working with churches and three churches and stuff and like being like, hey, like, I care about you and because like, I don't care how much you know until I know how much you care. And then the third one, and this one I was actually talking to, I think my wife about the other day. I wish someone told me, like, Nike, just do it. Just do it. Whatever it is, just do it. Like, whether it's, you know, taking that risk, making the move, asking the girl out, whatever to the it gym. is. Start today, yeah. Go to the gym. Whatever it is, just, just do it. If you're thinking about it, you want to do it, do it. You don't have to think about it. I so like much. those. That second one, like ten times out of ten, I will take someone who who cares like about the people and the mission that they're in versus someone who might be the most proficient, but maybe lacks a little bit in that department. Yep. Like I'll take the person who's less proficient, you know, every day. Absolutely. Well, I think that one and two kind of go together because you don't know it all. AG, you don't know everything. And they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So it doesn't yeah. really matter what you know, you don't care. Yeah, you can use those to kind of build off one another. So go ahead and get vulnerable a little more than you already have with us here for a moment. How are you doing? I asked Albert this a second ago. Like, how are you really doing? So pretty good. I think learning the balance has been tough over the past. I mean, we moved to the Pacific Northwest, which like we're about 10 miles outside of Portland. Excuse me. So like the way that like it just has been over the past year, two years really now, going on two years, it's been tough. We moved in January of 2020 and the world shut down in March of 2020. It did. So we didn't really have the opportunity to meet friends and have a new friend group and do those things. Right. So our families really relied on each other for that, which has been really cool. And it's now the world's opening back up. I know there's some place like I'm in Texas right now and it's been open for a year and a half out of the past two years. Right. But there's some places like where I'm at, where it's like, we're, we're open, but we're not open, open, you know? And I think that that's, helped us a lot grow closer together as a family. Yeah. Like our, our family unit is tough now. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, like we're, we're tough, tough. Like there's nothing that, I don't know, that can like really stand up against us that we couldn't conquer together. So I think that, I mean, we're traveling is stressful. We're Like I said, we're mm-hmm. in Texas right now. And for me personally, I mean, I have my 12 year old stepdaughter, my four year old daughter who lives in North Carolina and our son who's six months mm-hmm. that's with us. Right. So I had to fly from Portland to 
Texas to drop the fam off, then fly from Texas to North Carolina to pick up the other daughter, and then fly back to Texas. Oh yeah. So now I'm here for that, and then Friday, you know what I'm saying? So I just and all of that it gets expensive and it gets ridiculous, and it's so in this time of year I've realized throughout my past 12 years of adulthood, 13 years of adulthood, that the time of year gets expensive no matter what, no matter how you slice it. And you can choose to let that stress you out or just be like, hey, we know it's coming. Mm-hmm. We're going to be prepared for it. We know what we need to do to get to where we need to be. You know what I mean? Just different things like that. So roll kinda, with the punches. Roll with the punches, exactly. So I think that the hardest thing for me coming up is, so I've been, like I said, a recruiter for almost two years yep. now. Um, recruiting is tough right now because you've got <laughs> – You've got the, the the classic Patriots that no longer want to join the service because they have to get the Fauci ouchie mm-hmm. to join um, the service, right? And then you have the other side where it's like, well, we get free college other places now because Taco Bell is offering $2,000 signing bonuses with tuition assistance. I'm yeah. like, I can't compete with that. Like, what the heck? So anyway, so that to roll with that is uh, I've been the... Like I said, I've been the flight chief here, like the, the regional director in civilian terms. I've been the regional director here for the past eight months and the actual real replacements. I've been the interim, mm-hmm. the real replacements coming in in December. So I'm going to go back to beating the streets and actually on the on the bags, as, as they call it. So I'm going to be is that's going to be another stress coming around the corner after the holidays are over. So I'm like, oh, here we go again. Let's get back to it. So um, one of the things that my wife and I actually started to do um that has helped me be where I am and where I'm like, I, I'm actually pretty good. Like I'm not even with the the punches and stuff, two things. We do this thing called a, a Sunday meeting. I call it a board meeting. She calls it a marriage meeting. I'm like, cause we basically try and like run our family as far as like from the, the scope of, of running a business, mm-hmm. which we got this idea from this book called um, the three questions for a frantic family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Patrick Lencioni, it's a really good book and it just talks about how, if you have like these meetings and like really take a look at like how the family is doing, what you need, like what's upcoming, what are the big picture things, what are the big rocks is like we like to say in the military, where the big rocks yep. coming. But we, we like to do this thing where we have like what are our family values, what are our priorities right now, and then what do we want to do and does that align with our values or not? Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of like every Sunday we try and come together. She's been on me lately because we've been we've missed a lot of Sunday, like probably like. 10 Sundays without the meeting. We used to do it every single Sunday. It's been like two months. So she's not very happy with me about that. That's a, that's about how long uh, the NFL season has been going, Alan. I don't know why it matches up or not. Strange coincidence. <laughs> weird. Speaking of football, I'm a Ute fan. College football over NFL all day. Okay. Day. Okay. Sorry for USC. No, UCLA, right? Sorry. We beat, Sorry. We beat USC. That's all that matters. Oh, that's all that's that matters. matters. That's what matters. So a uh, final thing I'll ask before letting you get back to the family there. What's something you're thankful for? Well, I'm thankful for my family. That's for sure. Absolutely. And like I said before, this one, this one's kind of, this is crazy because um, this goes back to my five F's. I'm actually thankful this, this ties it all together. Kind of, I'm thankful for COVID because of those F's because it's made it to where like with, when it, when it comes to the faith aspects, like, Anything that the enemy means for evil, God will use it for good, right? That's mm-hmm. why I, and I believe that, right? So for me, you take that to the next step, and it's like, well, COVID's supposed to be this terrible, terrible thing, but it's brought so many people together, being able to do these types of things. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, duh, like, why don't we just get on and do interviews, or why don't we just get on a Zoom meet, or let's yep. let's do all this virtual work or virtual 
my grandma is 88 years old and she FaceTimed me yesterday. That's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's, it's just those types of things where it's like, holy, oh, she's 90 years old. She's, I missed two years because COVID, but like, so she's 90 years old, right? But those are the different things I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful, like I said, for COVID, but because of that, my family's gotten closer because of that football means more to me now Mm -hmm. because hearing the crowd get loud for the Utes on the Saturday night when we're, when we're whooping on Oregon. Right. Um, or just different things like that. Like, I think it's all made it. So I'm, I'm more thankful for the things that I do mm-hmm. have the opportunities I get to have. And like the family I get to see that I didn't see for so long. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my faith. Take thank for my friends like you I'm like, Hey man, you have free time. Like, you know what? No, but I'll make it happen. I appreciate like, that. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I think that, uh, those are the things I'd say that I'm, I'm most thankful for. All right, Al, I love the perspective. You know, thank you for, you know, giving us a few minutes of your time. I know you're kind of taking it from your family there. You look like you're doing well. You look good. Uh, I've kind of seen some pictures, some shares on social media. I know you're not on there very frequently, but again, thank you for giving us a few minutes. I do appreciate it. Do you have any final thoughts, any closing remarks? I'm just here so I don't get fined. (laughs) What's your team name in this league? Just here, no fine. On brand. All right, good luck this (laughs) week in your fantasy matchup. Good luck with college football. And have a happy Thanksgiving, Alan. Hey, man, you do the same. All right, lots of good discussions there. Maybe a tear or two shed. Any closing remarks, Nate? No, man, I appreciate you having me back on. You know, I understand that you might get in a little bit of trouble. There might be some bleeping that you got to do. There might be some, you know, NDAs that you have to sign with the FCC and things like that. But I appreciate the opportunity to come back on the podcast. It was fun. I had, a, I really enjoyed it. I'll get and be able to talk about this league a little bit more rather than my own. So appreciate it. And this is maybe just me making assumptions, but with you, you know, getting the new job, you know, having the girls come and live with you full time, like I just assumed that you would be too busy. You've also got school, right? You're taking some Mm -hmm. classes. So don't take it as us suspending you from the show without pay. You you never got paid. So um, (laughs) if you were, if you were expecting money at some point, that's not, that's not going to happen. We don't, we don't have a budget, but, uh, but yeah, like if you do have the time, we would love to have you back. So. I apologize if that's just uh, an incorrect assumption that we made. Because you're also putting, what, two to three episodes out of your show a week? Correct. We're doing minimum two. Uh, I would like to do some more. You know, maybe get a weekend episode in there too. But um, yeah, we're doing a couple episodes a week over there. So doing recaps, you know, ranting about other things in life and people within the league and setting up feuds and battles and canceling people you know i'd like to come back on here when matt's on here because he's not allowed on my show anymore so you know i've you know executed that uh from my show but yeah and uh i'm always really really bad at this but uh tell the listeners where they can find the taco corp fantasy football podcast and where they can find you on social media yeah so you can find me at nader8530 on twitter instagram tiktok nate molinay on facebook and then you can find our league at TacoCore Pod on Twitter. And our podcast is linked in all of those bios there. In any of those bios is probably linked down here in your show notes if it you're is. hooking it up like you normally do. Um, but you can find that out there on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast got big like over the last couple of weeks or whatever like that too. So I don't know where it's coming from, but I appreciate anybody listening to it and giving feedback. You know, we do a lot of top fives. Um, so if you got ideas for top fives that you want us to feud about and draft, it's, it's, it's more than welcome. Let us know. So I did mention a a moment ago that you are not banned from our show, you know, but if you're stealing our listeners from Poland, I swear to God, 
This will be the last time that you ever appear on an episode of 58 West King. I heard that Poland's really good. They really enjoyed the whole manager on manager segment. That's where oh I've gotten God. a lot of the feedback from them. So, uh, you know, it's it's what's really taking us off over there. Really got my blood boiling right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, guys, listen to Nate's show. Uh, he's a lot better at this than than we are. You know, he's taking classes for this type of stuff. So definitely give him a listen. And also, you know, if you enjoy hearing my voice, I'm uh, I'm on a few episodes over there. So check those out. Yeah. You know, we try to get we try to get on each other's things. I like having you on for the preview episodes and stuff like that. It makes it it makes it a lot more fun to have somebody else out there and usually have a lot a lot of time to be able to do that. I'd say usually, but I understand like you got classes going on. Like we're all super busy, right? Trying to raise families and keep everybody happy in the house, do things. The holiday season's coming around. You want to watch movies, you want to eat the hot chocolate, you want to, you know, do all the things that you want to do for Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff like that. So it makes it tough. So even if there's anybody in 58 West King who wants to come on Taco Court Pod, you know, and then we can expose a little bit of the people within 58 West King too, because we got a couple managers in both leagues. So some of those things are fun to do. We've we've had on people that know people in the league who aren't playing fantasy football at all or never have played fantasy football, right? But the stories they can tell about other people kind of allow us to get to know each other in a more intimate way or in a deeper level so that we have a better way to talk shit about people and things to attack about their personal lives from 2007, 2008, 2009 and things like that. So um, that's what really makes it a lot of fun. So that's what I enjoy about your podcast too is like you learn something about anybody who comes on, right? So then you, you have a little bit of avenue to either leave them alone or go at them a little bit more. I bet you would love to have some of our managers on to do manager on manager, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I hear they're missing it. <laughs> they're VPN. They're VPNing to Poland and giving us feedback. <laughs> yeah, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> this week's banger of the week takes us back to 2010, the year the Affordable Care Act was passed in Congress. Haiti and Chile saw seven and 8.8 magnitude earthquakes, respectively, that devastated their countries. And the first iPad was released, setting the stage for the perfect crossover between phones and laptops. This song represents the betrayal I spoke to earlier in regards to Nate stealing our manager on manager segment. You know, we were told to stay away from the banger of the week segment because of something called intellectual property. But those words, I just can't obey. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.